Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Chatting with Rabbi Mike. Today we were going to do part two of the Jewish ethics. And because it's Holy Week in Passover, we will address Passover first and come pick up with the Jewish ethics next week. So with that being said, let's go ahead and welcome Rabbi Mike. Good morning, Rabbi Mike. Good morning, ATN. How are you today, sir? I am doing just fine, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to take a break from Jewish ethics to talk about our holiday, of which we are in uh, right now, which is Pesach, or Passover. Yes. um, Pesach began Monday evening. And it goes until Tuesday, the 18th. And so I thought it appropriate to uh, speak a little bit about that this week, um, since we're right in the heart of it. Very good. Apropos, I'm going to my French. Apropos. (laughs) (laughs) So so let's dive in and talk about what is Passover. So... um, Or Pesach. Uh, this is the holiday which commemorates the Israelite exodus, the exit from slavery in Egypt to freedom. And wow. it recalls the story of slavery where Jews were in, enslaved by the Egyptians for over 400 years, according to the book of Exodus in the Torah. And how after that many generations, uh, God hears the cries of the Israelites, the sadness of the slaves, and appoints Moses, or Moshe, to be the leader of the Israelite people and bring them out of slavery and turn them into a people. Wow. Um, and while you can while you can read this story from start to finish in the Torah, in the book, book of Exodus, uh, you know, appropriately named. Um, in the holiday, we read from a different book, and it's called Haggadah. And um, Haggadah literally means the story. And we oh, go the through the story. We go through the mm-hmm. story from from start to finish and talk about how we were slaves. We talk about um, what we encountered. We talk about um, our way out, uh, including uh, the plagues, the 10 plagues that were sent to uh, Egypt and all of that. And each one of these aspects 
during the Passover holiday has a ritual object or ritual um, action associated with it. So during the first evening of Pesach, of Passover, it would be Monday night or Tuesday night, there is a special home service, service that's done at home, or it can be done in the synagogue. One was done on Monday night at the synagogue called uh-huh. a Seder, S-E-D-E-R. And a Seder means order, and um, it is a festive meal. And the Seder comes with it a certain amount of things, one, to get us to start thinking about the story, asking questions about the story, and retelling the story. So uh, there is on every table during the Seder a Seder plate. And on that Seder plate, there are symbolic foods. And these foods represent part of the, parts of the stories, parts of the story Passover. So, for instance, there is um, there are certain things that will be on the Seder plate, including a roasted egg, a shank bone, some bitter herbs, like horseradish, a mixture of apple, nuts, spices, and wine called haroset, some chazeret or some lettuce, and some parsley, which is called karpas. And each one of these has a meaning behind it. The egg is the symbol of rebirth. The shank bone is a reminder of the old sacrifices that were done, the Pesach sacrifices. The bitter herbs are a reminder of the bitterness of slavery. The haroset, the apple nuts, spices, and wine are reminders of bricks and mortar, which the uh, Israelites worked with to build all of the things in Egypt. And the lettuce and the parsley, these are, these are forms of uh, spring and, um, and green. And this is the time where Passover takes place. So each one of those pieces of food or mixtures of food has a, a meaning that we're supposed to you know, understand. And as I you see. go throughout telling the story of uh, the Exodus, you'll get to parts where you talk about slavery and how bad slavery is. In order to understand the pain of the Israelites, we take a, a vegetable like the parsley and we dip it in salt water. Um, parsley, which is representative of hopefulness or spring, and the salt yes. water is representative of tears, tears of slavery. And we dip it in and we taste it. We taste the tears of our ancestors. These are all the ritual things oh, that we do to yes. really get into the feeling of it. There's also, of course, matzah. Matzah is unleavened bread. Um, it's these crackers yeah. that you'll see that are special. And these are representative of uh, the unleavened bread that when the Israelites were fleeing Egypt, they didn't have enough time for their bread to rise, and so they brought with them these crackers, cakes, these unleavened bread. So when we eat it, we call it the, the bread of affliction. 
we eat this ritually uh, to remind ourselves of that moment. Um, and there are many other things well, like that. Um, eating, eating bitter herbs, talking about the bitterness of slavery, um, these sorts of um, these sorts of things help us understand and feel as we are supposed to reenact these moments. We're supposed to reenact yes. the exodus. There are some who, who bring yes. luggage to their to their seder because they're supposed to be picking up and leaving. You know, this is this is how we do it. Um, the other aspect of the seder is about learning about the story. We we tell the story, but it's about learning, and so we take a great deal of emphasis on children, and we want the children to ask questions and learn about why it's important to hear this story about how when God with an outstretched hand rescued the Israelites from slavery and made us into a people. So um, there are questions that are sung and, and said by children, and they are answered throughout the evening. I see. Wow. So that's um, that's just one one aspect of Passover is the Seder, um, and uh, as this week goes on, it is appropriate and um, we're told to not eat anything that is what is called chametz, which is leavened bread. So anything where bread rises, we are. Uh, not able to eat. So we're only supposed to eat this week things that either do not have um, yeast in it or we're supposed to eat matzah or some other things to, again, get us into the minds of this long traveling as the Jews did, the Israelites did, and feeling all of that uh, together. So you'll see, uh, um, and you're supposed to cleanse your house of chametz. You're supposed to have no, no bread, or any of those aspects in your house. So you'll see Jews around the world cleaning out their, um, out their houses, their pantries of this sort of thing, and either giving it away or, or burning it, um, and, um, and only eating matzah or, or things without, without yeast, without bread, um, until, until Tuesday the 18th. Mm. Um, so when, when, these, uh, when these days uh, end. So um, let's stop there for a second. I just spoke for ten minutes. So let's uh, yes. let's get some questions. Yes, yes, perfect. Good timing. Good timing. I just want to make a comment and then ask a question. From what you were saying, the same stories are in the Bible. However, I've never heard the Jewish comparison until now. So what I'm hearing is basically not only do Jews remember what has happened by keeping the story alive, but they put it into action by means of what you just described, having the samplings on the table, having the opportunity to go through, cleansing the house of unleavened bread, uh, excuse me, of leavened bread, and making sure that they have unleavened bread available to eat this week. And that's more of a religious slash educational opportunity for the children to learn what their ancestors have gone through. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. It's not just about reading the story. Exactly. It's about reliving the story. Yeah. Reliving the story, yes. And that makes a lot right. more sense because when, when we pick up the Bible and we read the Bible, I'm talking about uh, non-Jewish religions now, 
we read the Bible and we say, oh, yeah, this is what has happened. This is what God said. This is what the angel said. This is what took place. But we really don't get the sense of what was really there and how it affected our ancestors. All we knew was God, angel, and somebody else. But how does that relate to me in this day and age? And that's what I see a difference between the the Hebrew, well, the Jewish or the Hebrew aspect versus the religious aspect of the Christian faith. So I'm glad that I'm here. I'm learning as I go, Rabbi Mike. Right. Right. Well, uh, one other Thank aspect you. I want to mention about this um, about this is uh, during, and we read this in the Exodus story, is that um, uh, God sent to the Egyptian people ten plagues, and these were plagues that were meant yes. to demoralize the yes. uh, the Egyptians, so that they would they would let the Israelites go. And um, throughout the Seder, we talk about them. Um, the first one is blood, when uh, the water in Egypt turns to blood. Uh, the next yes. is frogs everywhere, and then lice, wild animals, disease, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and death of the firstborn son. These are all uh, the ten plagues wow. of Egypt. And during the Seder, during the Passover Seder, we will name each one of these plagues and we'll take our finger and we'll dip it in wine and put a dot of wine on our plate until we have 10. We'll say each one of the plagues as we dot a dip of wine, blood, frogs, lice, animals. Mm-hmm. We'll do them in Hebrew. Dam, Swardea, Kimim, Arov. And at the end of that, you know, it's very uh, normal that you have wine on your finger or grape juice on your finger to um, taste it, to lick it off. That's how you would clean it. But during the Seder, we make sure that we don't do that. What we are doing is we are outlining the pain and the uh, death and hardship of another people. We're seeing what God did to the Egyptians. Even though the Egyptians were our enemies, and enslaved us. They are the, the symbol of oppression. Um, in Judaism, yes. we don't take joy even in our enemy's downfall. So instead of licking the tip of the finger that is dipped in wine, we clean it off so as we don't enjoy sweetness in somebody else's pain. And that's something you'll see yeah. Yeah. at the Seder. So everything has everything has meaning. Every little bit has every motion. Um, has meaning yeah. in a Seder like that. Question. Um, Question. Question. Yeah. Question, Um So am I understanding then that there's no such thing as revenge or jealousy or getting back at, well, revenge. Let me stop there. <laughs> well, there's a difference between saying um, there's no such thing in it and um, – we we teach uh, not to uh, take part in it. So of course there are instances yes. of jealousy. There are instances of uh, human nature, uh, revenge. There's instances right in human nature. In Judaism, though, we are told um, and taught that it's a very difficult lesson um, to see the best in everybody and to forgive and to um, even if we don't forgive, not to take joy in somebody else's downfall. Yeah. And it is a hard lesson because when people have wronged us, it is natural for us to say, 
you know, uh, you know, for them to be cursed or for, for when something bad yeah. happens to someone to say, oh, good, they deserve it. You know, um, that's yeah. not um, that's that doesn't fit in Jewish tradition, though. Um, and so that's why that's when we recount when when God punishes sure. people, we take no joy because these are human beings. So we exactly. Don't wanna, we don't want to take exactly. joy in the deaths of, of other human beings. All right. Uh, Let's so, know what we're getting in. Thank you. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, like any other ceremony in Judaism, there are blessings that one, one says uh, during the Seder. We bless wine and we bless uh, the meal and the grace after meal. We bless our children. Um, you know, whenever we eat um, some some piece of fruit or some piece of vegetable, we we bless uh, God's name as well. Everything has a part to it, a ritual to it. And the Haggadah, um, this is a, a combination of all of these things together. And there are literally, I believe, thousands of Haggadahs out there. Um, that tell the story in their own different way, or they're animated, or they're um, illustrated, or they teach, you know, they add and, and teach different things. I mean, and, and, and people do satyrs in, in interesting kinds of ways. Um, you can do a satyr, uh, keeping in mind, um, you know, the refugees. You can keep in mind poverty. You, can, you know, there's someone who does a um, Harry Potter-themed um, Passover Seder. I mean, there are all kinds of ways to shape these things, to speak about uh, either things that you like or issues that are currently on the table. Um, there are LGBTQ Haggadahs. Um, you know, uh, there's all kinds of all kinds of things that uh, can present themselves within. Uh, you know, within the Seder, because when you talk about slavery and you talk about freedom and oppression, all of a sudden things like human rights come up or, um, you know, yes. other, other issues going on, you know, labor issues, slavery that exists in the world today, uh, child labor, um, you know, what are, what are the modern ten plagues that we are, uh, that we each feel, um, you know, are they... Uh, you know, uh, complacency or, um, you know, obsession with technology. These are all different plagues that you could interpret. Um, and what are the questions yeah. we should ask? You know, these all find their way into satyrs and onto the satyr plate when we were talking about the ritual satyr plate. So you'll see those ritual objects, yeah. but you'll see more. So you'll see uh, an orange on the satyr plate to represent LGBT You'll see a potato on the Seder plate to represent slavery, uh, you know, modern-day slavery. You'll see chocolate to represent the cocoa bean slaves that, you know, all of these things might find their way onto your Seder. Because um, it's a time not only to reflect upon the history, but all the things that are going on in the world that we should um, put our minds to and think about during this time. Yeah. Another quick question. Mm. Is the Seder, yeah, is the Seder celebrated collectively at the Jewish, uh, at the at the synagogue, or can uh, families do it collectively among themselves? It is a home ritual. 
So it should be done at home. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you can have Completely. as many people as okay. you want at home. But okay. uh, plenty mm-hmm. of synagogues, including ours, do a congregational Passover Seder. And we do invite, you know, we had something okay. like 75 people up in our social hall to do it together. But it is supposed to be a home ritual. Um, Okay. Um, but it, but it's nice to get everyone together. But it should be something that you share with your family and your friends and um, and that Make sort of thing. Sense. You know, um, sure. it is, and it's nice sure. when you do it small and and there's roles for everybody. Yeah. So during the theater, you know, it's a lot to say, a lot to read. So people take turns yeah. uh, reading and singing and these sort of things. So it's really a collective family um, family ritual. All right. Really putting the 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 words into action, bringing the words alive, and making them contemporary, so that our youth and our contemporaries, contemporaries, our contemporary fellow men know what's going on and can remember it and pay attention to it and, and embrace it. Yes, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And we, okay. we invite non-Jews to the Seder. We invite guests to the Seder all to mm-hmm. hear the story. And um, and there's plenty of things to teach about, you know. Um, you know, one of the things that um, we want to make sure, you know, when, when we ask, uh, when Christians, for instance, ask if they can have a Seder or if they should do a Seder, we prefer that they come to ours. And the really reason is because is we don't want them to lose the meaning. You know, some people can equate things like the Passover sacrifice with Jesus or the blood over the doorposts or the blood of, you know, these sorts of Christian um, theologies, they sort of input into the Passover story. And we don't want to, we don't want to add to those misconceptions. And so we, but we do welcome Christians to come to to our seders, of course, to, because um, our Bible, our Torah, or known as the Old Testament to Christians, it's a part of their history too. Um, so you'll see many, sure. many synagogues and many homes with multiple faith um, sharing in this ritual. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And if you go oh, online, you can read all about um, Passover and you can read all about uh, the things that you should bring to a Seder and things that you can expect from a Seder, what you should wear and what you should do and <laughs> You know, uh, oh you know do or not do, and you know how to make sure that you're respectful, and what what's the greeting that you say, and all these sorts of things. Uh, what are the terminologies um, that you should know? Um, because we want people to feel comfortable. It should be low key and fun. It shouldn't be something that is scary or or anything like that. It's just a nice little home ritual where we tell stories and we we share a meal together as friends and family. That's good. It sounds really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, as you as you're sharing all this with me, my mind flashed back to my first experience of learning about Jews was through Hollywood. Cecil Bell B. Mills movie, The Ten Commandments. <laughs> That's what I flashed back to because I had no experience of what it was like on a regular basis or on a regular basis, not known, having experienced it in my family. So that's good. I'm glad that you're able to share this with uh, not only with me, but with a countless number of members of our audience throughout the world. That's good, Mike. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, And every synagogue around the 
world um, on Monday night and Tuesday night. We're celeb- sitting down to Seder's, and this week you'll see other people um, in their homes doing it. And so uh, we invite our listeners or anybody to uh, to ask questions and um, feel welcome to learn about this. Let's encourage them to, if they're listening to this after we go off the air and they're listening to a recorded version, let's invite them to put their questions on paper or in the head or whatever way they want to do it. And next week when we come back on, call in with their questions. Let me mention that number now. The number would be 323-870-4095. I'll repeat, 323-870-4095. Any questions, comments, concerns, call in at that number next week. Or even now, if you have time, <laughs> and Rabbi Mike would be more than happy to answer. Go ahead, Mike. That's right. That's right. And we're going to resume uh, to, uh, next week on Wednesday the 19th um, right. at 11 a.m., if that's okay with you, ATN, Wednesday the 19th. And we'll continue well, our, fine. Um, our discussion on ethics. And we hope that it will be a conversation, and we'll continue uh, we'll continue, continue along with that. Have it as interactive as can be. We're inviting our audience to call in. Yes, sir. We'd love to see and hear what they have to say. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Mike, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, there are uh, – I was speaking um, – briefly about modern additions to the Seder plate, and, and I, I wanted to speak a little bit more to that. We talked about the orange on the Seder plate that you might see for LGBTQ. Um, uh, Miriam's cup, which, um, which gives uh, honor to women in your life. Uh, the potato, which was um, Operation Solomon, Ethiopian Jews. Um, fair trade chocolate or cocoa beans for those who um, are still forced labor in the chocolate um, industry. Um, the banana on the Seder plate uh, talks about the story of um, Syrian refugee crisis. Um, there's one synagogue in Boston which puts a pine cone on their Seder plate because we pass over pine cone, cones every day uh, and we miss the pre- most precious of all nuts, the pine nut. You know, we, the pine cone imprisons its seeds, all that kind of thing. Um, there's another uh, synagogue that puts cashews on their um, Seder plate to honor troops. Um, you know, all kinds of sim- symbolism is welcome to that kind of, uh, to this sort of ritual where you can add things to a ritual that the Seder started in the 8th century CE and it still goes on uh, today wow. and uh, we're able to um, add it to all the things that we're thinking about in terms of the troubles of the world today and whether we're reform or conservative or orthodox or whatever it is, we uh, celebrate this holiday to remind us that we were once slaves, that we were once people without a, uh, without a home, uh, and yes. that now we are our own people. We are free, and we're allowed to uh, participate in so many actions as free people, but there are so many in the world who still are not. Um, and to remind ourselves of that, not only our history, but our presence as well. Wow. Oh, my goodness. This is really intensive. Thank you very much for what you, what you offer now. <laughs> no problem. Yes. Uh, it, is, yes. it is great. And, 
you know, it's a wonderful uh, part of the year, and uh, it's a year where, or part of the year, rather, a holiday where we um, can share with the needs of the world, and we, we really do hope to uh, hope to do so year after year. Sure, sure, sure. Now, we're down to our last minute and a half, so let's go into a quick Let's go into our closing thought, closing words, please. Well, our clo- my closing words are pretty similar to the ones we've been saying, but just that, um, <laughs> you know, we wish people uh, a Pesach Sameach, a happy Passover, and that there are so sure. many in the world who are still not free, and we hope that together we will work to make sure that all can have their own exodus from their slavery, and they can all enjoy freedoms that we enjoy. Um, and that may that be uh, the call of all of us uh, today during our Passover holiday. Do you want it to be appropriate to close you with a prayer then, Rabbi? Uh, no, we don't need a prayer because we did so many this uh, this week at Passover. We don't need a prayer, but okay. uh, just that thought of <laughs> keeping other people in mind should do just fine. Fantastic. Well, with that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap things up and uh, remind our audience that we'll be back next week on Wednesday at 11. We've had to juggle things around a little bit, but don't give up on us. We're still here. We're still willing to reach out and touch you. (laughs) We're just about out of time. I want to say thank you again, Rabbi Mike, for coming across, and we thank you and look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Hello, everyone. We'll talk soon. Yeah, what's up?